That is the sound of another successful sound cue at the beginning of the Rec Poker Podcast. And if you hear my voice, you know it's a, a forums edition. My name's Jim Reed, Bluffsterini in the home game. And if you want to learn about me and the other members of the Rec and Crew, you can go to rec.poker slash crew. Um, I want to thank Running Aces, Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and of course, Website Amp for making all our dreams come true. And it's just, I'm just one man on a team. Uh, that team has many members. Some of those members are here tonight. Uh, gang, why don't you tell a little bit about yourselves to Rec Poker Nation? Introduce yourself. I'm John Somsky, and I'm also known as Poker Geek MN Everywhere. Uh, I'm Kim Kilroy. I'm Fergie 56 in the home game and Pat Fat everywhere else. And uh, we're here tonight. It's Monday night. We're playing against each other in the rec poker home games, trying to steal each other's chips, just like we do every week. And just like every week, we are going to take a forum post from the rec poker forums and talk about it here on the show. So uh, this week, we're going to take a look at a post by uh, Monkey System, Keith Brandt, who is a great uh, prolific poster in the rec poker forums. We talk about Keith's stuff all the time. Um, Keith's a great guest in our member events as well. He's always uh, sharing his knowledge with solvers. He's really good at breaking hands down. And in this case, he's talking about how to exploit a faulty three betting range at 40 big blinds. So this question comes out of a Learn Pro Poker study group that we were running. Uh, so every Saturday at noon central, uh, we run a study group at Rec Poker on a different subject material every week. One's on a Learn Pro Poker training video, one's on the monthly seminar, one's on the monthly focus, and one's just a group coaching uh, session that I run looking at Poker Tracker 4. This one was looking at a Learn Pro Poker video where Ryan LaPlante was going through um, responses to three bets. So it was a lot of examples with a 40 big blind effective stack where uh, we would make an open to two or 2.5x and uh, we would be three bet and we would have to think about how to respond. What does our range look like? And a number of other questions like that. So um, Keith's question at first is really just how do we exploit um, improper three bets in our opponents? And I think he was talking about it in the context of people that over three bet. But I think people that under three bet uh, can also be exploited. So first, just very generally, is that something that you guys think is important? Is there a way you like to think about that question or that topic? I think uh, it is an important topic. I mean, just learn being able to exploit your opponents wherever they make mistakes hmm. are is an important thing. Um, I've always struggled trying to exploit three betters not knowing what to do because there's two basic choices you can either uh so if they're three betting too often well if they're three betting too little it's fairly simple you just fold yeah because uh, they just aren't doing it with wide enough range and they're they have too much strength in their range that in general unless you are very strong you just don't play or I guess uh, but, if you're deep stacked enough, you can play with a speculative hand that'll that'll bust them. But yes, right, right. Fair. Although in oh with a right, forty bind, big bind stack, you're not going to be deep enough for that. Um, and folding is an exploit on, yeah. in itself. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and but for the the other ones, you have two choices, which is either to flat them or to raise them. And it, I struggle. 
how to do that effectively because raising them i think it can often be the mo more effective thing uh item but if you're sitting on 40 big blinds you're putting a lot of your chips at risk and so i i have struggled with what the optimal way to do that is yeah kim did you have something on that i know we're getting some lag. Uh, no okay <laughs> yeah that's that's another big thing where um for me as well it's like one thing to identify a leak but then it's difficult to think okay so what are we actually going to do about this um i thought one thing we could do was sort of look at a couple scenarios where if we're opening in late position um what's what maybe what a range might look like in that way uh and then what are the factors that we're going to be considering so in in my case Stack size is obviously super important. So having that nailed down at 40 big blinds um, helps. And then I always think about what, it's one thing to know that they're three betting too widely, but another question is how do they respond to four bets? And I think you kind of have to know that in order to feel really confident about your own strategy playing back at them. If it, they're the kind of person that's going to three bet widely and call a lot of three of four bets, then you're gonna have a different exploit in mind for them than if they're the kind of player that three bets widely, but folds to a lot of four bets. And you could make more exploitatively wide four bets with like ace blockers, king blockers and stuff like that, that you don't actually expect to have to play. Um, again, they're gonna be mostly shoves in this case at 40 big blinds, but not exclusively, I suppose. So position I think has a big part in that. Um, you might even call uh, if you're going to be in position with certain kinds of hands. Kim, are there like certain types of hands or, or ranges that, that you think of in that spot? Uh, at 40 big blinds? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at the premiums, obviously. Um, and I guess it depends if you're in position or out of position. But in general, you're looking at your jacks and up and your ace king and up. And then I think you're just sort of splitting on some of the other hands that would have blockers in, like an ace, maybe ace nine to ace, ace, ten, ace queen, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it depends on position as well. I think you need to be, I think you can three bet a little wider from the blinds because you don't have as many people to act after you. And also your three bets going to be larger. So then it will be if you're three betting in position. So if you have a middle position opener uh, and you're the three, the button's going to three bet you less than the blinds will have to three bet you larger. So that changes all of the, the hand strengths as well, I think to some degree. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, we can go into specifics if we have a specific spot we want to look at. But hmm. uh, I, I think when you're talking about four bets, you're at 40 big blinds deep. You're rarely going to be four bet without having an all-in scenario. Yeah, great point. So, I mean, when you're, say you, you have a raise from 2.2 um, from a middle position and you're in the blinds, you're going to raise to probably eight at least. Mm -hmm um as a three bet and now you're looking at stacks going in so it's either an eight and you're folding or you're an eight and getting it in so like a four bet is getting it in yeah i think that's right 
And is there a certain, I know, you know, for some of our listeners, um, they haven't looked at exactly how stacks break down sort of all the way up to 100, but do you have a, a stack size in mind where you start having a four bedding range that's not all in? Um, I would say over 50 big blinds you'd have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And there's yeah. that old adage, you know, you don't want to be putting a quarter of your stack in unless you're going to put the rest of it in. Um, there's all these sort of general rules about uh, poker. I'm that's not sure a, how that's an old adage. I know. That's what I said. <laughs> I think now it's more like a third. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. We're getting much cheekier about our, our sizing as poker evolves. We're finding these little uh, ways to um, ways to, to smooth those edges a little. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jim you had mentioned it using a different strategy for people who would uh, tend to overcall when they get three bet on them so what is the strategy you would use in that case thanks John do, Craig, do you yeah, mean overcall the do you mean, mean overcall the three bet or do you mean they call too much they call too much Okay. Yes. Good point. Good point. Yeah. I, I wasn't quite sure what you meant, but okay. So they call too much. So if I know that a player calls too much, I will exploit that with my good hands by three betting my stronger hands with a bit higher sizing. Hmm. When I know they're, when they, when I know I have a player that's going to call too much. So, and I'm doing that for value. Yeah, so you're going to do that with like a top-down linear range right. that's probably involves some thinner value hands at the bottom of it than your polarized range would, but but without the bluffs, I guess, essentially, or with well, or with fewer bluffs. Uh, relatively. Yeah, I'll still have three-bet bluffs, but I won't, I'll have them offset with some of the, like maybe ace-queen plus uh, sort of one that I'm willing to throw away as a three-bet bluff. Mm -hmm. I won't bluff as much three-bet, against a calling station, which I don't think, I think that's just a natural tendency. Just yeah. don't bluff as much, just call. <laughs> just and, I think call that, and, and realize the equity of your hand. Yeah, I think that probably applies to four bets too, um, where if we're in the situation, situation where we think they're gonna be calling four bets at a higher frequency than they should, we should really be choosing value hands for that range and not bluffs as much because they're not going to uh, fold uh, often enough to make those bluffs uh, to make those bluffs profitable. And so then I think you just really have to think about where are you going to draw that line? Where does, where, where does your four bet become a call this three bet? And for me, that's going to be, I'm going to be much more likely to call that three bet when I'm in position and to make that lighter four bet shove when I'm out of position. Um, and that's, you know, I mean, I, and when are you going to fold? Like you have to have some folds. In yes. There as well, great point. Right? Wait, do, are you sure about that, Kim? Do I, <laughs> do I No, you're of course, that's right. And I think that's, and that's another thing, anticipation. So this is another thing, like we talk about ways to respond to three bets. And one of those ways is by, if you have a bunch of players to your left that are three betting a lot, just don't open some hands that are going to put you in difficult positions facing a three bet. So you can anticipate that a little by just changing your range preemptively. Right. One of the things that I've noticed and what um, Keith says is like more people are three betting mm. and they're not using the correct sizing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you're getting the right odds to call with any two cards that you opened with. 
yeah. when this that when the three bet sizing is when you raise to two and the three bet sizing is four it's mm -hmm. like you're cut you're you're gonna call with your nine do suited like you're just gonna call yeah and that's one thing well four, you can th four bet i mean right but you're getting such a good too. price to call yeah but yeah, as you right. say you're getting such a good price to call um they're not really putting you to a real decision with that no size. and you should just never be folding right ever <laughs> well let's hear what jonathan little has to say and then i want to get into this notion of how your sizing and your range actually have a lot to do with each other have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead he's reading our mind what do you do when you have a flush draw do you raise it or do you just call? He's in our heads. What do you do with ace-king when you miss the flop? Are you That's tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little, and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com, where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at PokerCoaching.com slash RecPoker right now and if i hear that anyone has been guessing or stressing i am going to tell jonathan and he is going to write a very angry letter uh to you so don't don't do that go to pokercoaching.com slash rec poker and take advantage of his money back guarantee please do go check it out so jonathan little would be one person that would tell you if you're going to three bet if you're going to choose to have a three betting range you should have a reason to do that and Typically, you should choose a size that's going to accomplish that goal. And, you know, Kim's getting at this point where people are three betting more because they're kind of catching on that it's C betting was very popular. Um, and then everyone started C betting. People are catching on that three betting is also kind of a very um, profitable spot. So they're three betting more. But most people aren't doing it with an appropriate range or to an appropriate size. So, I mean, first of all, do you have any rules, Kim, about um, sizing when it comes to three bets? Is it like a certain number of times the bet size or something like that? Just just as an entryway, as a default? Well, I guess at 40 big blinds, I'd be doing three times the bet sizes as default. Mm -hmm. so Is that in position or out of position? or In position. Yeah. Out of position, I would make it at least probably four. Yeah. That's the way I think about it, too. Yeah. And or even four and a half. Yeah. And that's going to be really player dependent too, right? And it's one of these spots where um, if you know, and, and so when you're responding to that in four bets, it's kind of like we were talking about before. Um, if someone's giving you a, if you open to 2.5 and someone clicks it back to, uh, you know, uh, what would that be? Five, four, that's really not, it's a pretty trivial decision that you're going to continue. Like Kim said earlier, as long as you don't fold, you're really not doing anything wrong. Um, and we want to give people an opportunity to fold when we make these three bets and when we make these four bets. So you have to do it to a size that at least makes them consider doing it with some of their worst hands. And if you don't want them to fold because you've got pocket aces and you're worried they're going to do that, just don't put it in that range if that's what you're worried about. Um, at 40 big blinds, it's not like you need to three bet preflop in order to get the bottom chip in. But I still think you're going to be better off just including all your value hands in that range for the most part. Um, and when you do see that, I've seen that a player will just min click back, just click it back with pocket aces. Mm -hmm. And you really shouldn't be folding most, right. most hands to that. But you should be aware 
that there's a higher, there could be a higher amount of aces in that range versus other hands. And just have that in the back of your mind. So when you're looking at, you shouldn't probably be getting it all in just because you hit a pair there. Right, yeah. And, and a lot of this comes down to player types too, right? Like some, what's happened is this player has chosen not to add a bunch of fold equity to this action is essentially what's happened. They've chosen not to add fold equity. So you have to think, is it because they don't understand how important fold equity is? Or is it because their hand is so strong they don't need to add fold equity to it? So if you can make some assumptions about the player too, that might help you um, hand range in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like that. Um, and then when we're talking about spots where we can four bet, so here's a spot we've opened and another player has three bet us. And we think that they are the kind of player who three bets um, with, with a range that, that has a bunch of hands that they're going to fold to four bets. So this isn't that player before that called a bunch of four bets. This is a different player. What are the kind of hands that we want to mix in with our value hands to to make our life to 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 add, to be to be the most profitable bluffs or semi bluffs in that four betting range. So we're still going to be four betting all our strongest hands. How do we choose which ones to include that have the right ace blockers or the right king blockers or the right equity when called? Um, I know we probably want to include hands like ace five uh, suited as an example in that kind of a range, but. Kim and John, do you have a, is there something, is there other qualities of the hand that you look for in that spot? Um, I have a floptimal off if you want to know what that says. Oh yeah, perfect. <laughs> I love floptimal. Yeah, hit us. Um, so for you four bet all in with ace four suited, half your ace five suited, half your ace three suited, ace king off suit, and most of your queens, jacks, and tens. Hmm. And you would just raise with your other queens, your kings, your ace king suited, ace, your aces, and half of your ace queen suited. So it's really still, I mean, when, so it's ace queen, other than the ace five, ace three, ace four, ace queen sounds like the lowest unpaired hand. Is that right? So that's a, uh, that is a pretty strong, that's a pretty strong range. Yeah. Ace queen. No, not ace queen. There's no... Yeah, for for raising. That's for raising. Oh, sorry. Right, right, right. So for all in, you're going with the ace three suited, ace four suited, ace five suited, and then tens, jacks, queens, and ace king off. Hmm. So that's a that's actually a pretty pretty good chunk of those. So that's uh, that's so, interesting. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so folks that are listening at, behind at home, basically, it's. A bunch of value hands, those those high pairs and ace king, and then we're sneaking in uh, some of these wheel aces, these suited wheel aces, ace five, ace four, ace three, and the reason we choose these hands is because they've got an ace in them, which blocks the likelihood of our opponent having one of the strongest hands. It has the ability to make a wheel straight, and it has the ability to make the nut flush. So even though we're not going to have a lot of playability because we're shoving with these um, we still have a lot of ways to uh, interact with a lot of different runouts because really what we're looking to do is realize our equity over five cards when we shove preflop so there's a caveat to that that is the caveat that that's the hijack raising to 2.2 and the button raising to about 5.5 ah 
No, and because when you get a big blind raising to more like eight, now you've only got shoves and calls. And okay. Folds. Because the pot's bigger. Yeah. Even though we're in position. Um, yeah. So are there are there any calls or are there just are there's no there's, there's no calls. raises there's just there's no, no raises. raises. Ah, because yeah. the pot's bigger. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And so. so it's taken some of the hands that were raises from out of position right. and, or in the other, in the other spot. And um, now their calls or shoves. Yeah. I'm happy to share the screen if you want to. Oh, sure. Yeah. That'd be fine. And, and our video members. Yeah. I let me know. Screen sharing. Oh, you cannot hear. Let me, let me get in there and uh, let me see. Where's this here? You should be able to share now. And I know a lot of our listeners um, are listening to the podcast over their Spotify or uh, SoundCloud or Apple or something like that. We do release a video version of all of these on YouTube. So I'd love for people to go over to YouTube, find the Rec Poker community and watch along there. You can see we try and share a screen from sometimes. So this is Floptimal, uh, Kim, that we're looking at here. Yeah. So this is looking at a hijack open at 40 big blinds. And uh, when we rate, so hijack, this is our raising range, mm -hmm. this entire range, the green. And we're raising to 2.2. So when we're, when the button raises us, this is the button's three bet range. And the different colors no, refer to different uh, sizes. Button, sorry, button. Right. Why is that on the small blind? Hang on. Hijack, <laughs> raise, button. This is the button's raising range here mm. to 5.5 big blinds. Yes. Um, so you can see it's pretty mixed, but it's pretty heavy. It's heavily uh, on the suited aces, uh, mm. suited kings, um, pairs, and ace 10 and up. There's a mix there, but doesn't look like we're ever um, just calling. Mm -hmm. Now, I, in game, I would just, I might, if I had a shoving stack in the blinds, I might just call with aces or kings in this spot, allowing the small blind or big blind to show. So, but this is just sort of a scenario where everybody's 40 big blinds effective. Awesome. Right? I love I love the way you've so, introduced uh, so now, optimal stuff into here. Yeah, go ahead. So now we can look at uh, the button raises, and now we look at the hijack's reaction to the button raise. So we can see that we the yellow is an all in, so he's doing some all ins, and some of the these are our bluff all ins down here. Um, these these small suited aces we have a lot of calling we have a pretty wide calling range mm -hmm. uh, and we have um a very a relatively small raising range 11 percent raising range seven percent shoving range 68 percent calling range and a 14 percent folding range so and, and, we're not and, folding very much we're just folding some of our offsuit hands our lowest offsuit hands. Yeah, it's really interesting range. to see how they've mixed the um, raising range as well between the ultra premium hands and some of those offsuit um, ace Broadway blocker kind of hands as well. 
Um, so it's actually, it's very intuitive to look at this and to see, oh, okay, I'm folding these ones here. That makes sense. You know, I can see how they've mixed it in there. I can see why this is such a helpful tool. Right. So if we clear these actions and we make the hijack raise, the, uh, hijack raise again, now we go to the button reaction and we make the button raise with the, now we look at the, the but because the button raised to eight point, the big blind, sorry, raised to 8.3. Mm. And you can see that range of the big blind. The raising range of the big blind is very heavily weighted towards value. Uh, that we can see now that hijack doesn't have any raises. We just have shoves and calls. Mm. And we have, and now we're folding 41%. And how cool is that? Like the, some of the hands that they've chosen here to turn into a shove. Uh, like King Jack suited, for instance, I see is the shove at a very high frequency, but yeah. King, King Queen suited is a call and King 10 suited is a call and King nine suited is a call. And like, it's, it's just sitting there like this island, King Jack suited and Queen Jack suited become these uh, preferences for shoves. Uh, do you, is, it, is it clear to you why that is just, just they've got the, they're, they're not yes, dominated. Yes, because we can make eight. Yes. Well, we can make aces fold with those hands mm -hmm. to make some aces fold mm -hmm. and we're um some of the eight i guess some of the better aces to fold some of the better and we were we can also make king queen offsuit fold yep we may even make king queen suited fold and i think that's a part of part of not everyone thinks about that when they think choose hands to shove with part, part of the question should be like will a better hand fold to this because um, otherwise you're just sort of allowing your opponents to play perfectly. So, and like, so that you can see that they never, they're never shoving aces here. Mm -hmm. We're never shoving aces or kings. We're, mm -hmm. Right. We're just calling. We're just going to let our opponent hang themselves here. Right. But we're, <laughs> but we're always shoving ace king, whether it's suited or offsuit. Exactly. And yeah. it's actually, it's the only hand that we're shoving 100% of the time here, it looks like. So it's interestingly, queens at a very high frequency, but not 100%. And then a lot of these other ones are still kind of a mix. About half and half with the jacks and tens. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah. yeah, so I guess, I guess I'm always interested in how these, how these ranges are put together. I guess there's, an, there's, an, when you don't shove, your opponent can say, if, if you're playing by this range, when you call, they can say they don't have ace king would be the only like leveling war exploit that you could develop against this. Right. But I think you get so much value out of having it in your shoving range anyway, that you just, that's the trade-off that you make, right? Right, right. Yeah. So cool. they don't have ace king, but they have a lot of other aces and they have a lot of other kings. Right. So yeah, you know. that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. All right, I'm going to, oops, I took off the, <laughs> I took off the wrong thing. Sorry, Kim. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, I stopped the share. No, yeah, no, that's good. That was me. Bring your video back anytime. <laughs> I accidentally canceled it. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, I guess, um, does anyone, John, do you have any more thoughts on uh, three-bet ranges or four-bet ranges or how to exploit them or things to consider? Uh just that there's a lot I need to learn still. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, it's funny. When we talked about doing this episode, we said, oh, this will be a pretty quick one. We'll just talk about the basic concepts of three betting and four betting. <laughs> Here we are. It's another, it's at least another half hour episode. We do try and make these forums ones kind of pop in and out, but what can you do? We love talking about poker, folks. <laughs> I know it's not going to be as easy if people are listening to this on I, on the iTunes app as a podcast as it is mm. when you're visually watching it when we're when we're looking at those so i don't like to use those yeah as much true. in these but it this was, was a like, good one it was a good one yeah yeah this was a good subject for it all right well then i guess i would just like to thank john somsky and uh, kim kilroy i want to thank uh, kevin for joining us in the chat here of course website amp running aces hotel racetrack and casino steve fredland thank you all so much see you again soon